Hello, and welcome back to Podcasting for Educators. As podcasters, I think we all want to build a community with our listeners, but sometimes it can feel like a one-sided conversation when you sit down to record your episodes. If you've ever felt this way, then you are going to love today's episode. I'm joined by Brittany Verlinick, and she is giving so many great ways that you can use Facebook groups to create a community around your podcast. Brittany is a social media strategist, community manager, and the founder of Verity Media Marketing. Brittany shows TPT sellers and teacherpreneurs how they can build a community of repeat buyers through the power of relationship marketing with Facebook groups. She believes that growing an engaged community is so much better and faster and easier than building an idle audience. In this episode, Brittany talks about how you can launch a podcast with Facebook groups, how you can grow community around your podcast, how you can use groups to monetize your podcast, and how you can use groups as an endless source of new episode ideas. I absolutely loved getting the opportunity to talk with Brittany. I learned a lot of new ideas, and I know that you will too. So let's go ahead and get into it. Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business, but how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show, all while making an impact on other educators. Well, welcome back. We have Brittany with us. Brittany, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Of course. We're happy to have you. I thought that we could start things off by just hearing a little bit about your background, how you got to where you are today, and you have a podcast. So I love hearing people's experience with podcasting. So maybe you could just tell us at what point in your business did you decide that it would be a good idea to start your own podcast? Yeah. So I actually have more than one, but let me just kind of back up a little bit and talk about the Teachers Pay Teacher store because I know we have lots of TPT sellers who are listening. So it really came down to me knowing that content marketing was going to be a big deal because for TPT, it's kind of a volume-based business. You know what I mean? You want to have a large audience if you can, but you really want to make sure that you're having people who are purchasing over and over again. And so I knew that I would have to do something to be able to build an audience. And at that time, when I was starting this about a year ago, I knew that just with my school schedule, that you know, if I could not at that moment, I could not be as consistent on social media as I wanted to be. I could not be doing the things that I felt like I saw everybody else doing. I was like, you know what? I could do a podcast a week though. That was very doable, you know? And I had ran Facebook groups and all those things before. I have other businesses. And so at that time, I didn't want to add another social media channel on exactly, but I love the idea of a podcast. Also, I love to talk. So I was like, okay, this is perfect. (laughs) And then I like the reusability. So if you record with the video, obviously you can repurpose the video for YouTube. You can repurpose the audio clips for Instagram reels. You can do, I mean, I know you all know this already because you listen to the podcast. There's so much you can do with it. You can use the transcriptions for blog posts. And so I said, you know what? I will use the podcast as like the foundation and then I will just repurpose everything out of that. So yeah, that's kind of how that started. And I also really liked that for PD, you know, when you think about how busy teachers are, 
a lot of times we don't have time to just sit around and watch like videos of PD. And honestly, that's usually boring. It's usually just awfully boring. So I was like, okay, if I do it audibly, people can speed it up if they need to. I can bring on really interesting people and it's really like digestible because people can pause it. They can go back if they need to. It's an easy way to digest the content. Totally. I couldn't agree more. I'm always kind of racking my brain to think of ways that I could somehow get in contact with more schools and let them know about all of these great podcasts that are out there for teachers because it's such good information and it's such an easy way for teachers to consume it on their schedule instead of having to sit through those long, drawn-out meetings that sometimes don't even have anything to do with you. So I, I couldn't agree more. And I love that you use your podcast as the foundation for all of the other pieces in your business. And even if you're not showing up on social media every day, people can still hear from you and get to know you through your podcast. So you are doing it the smart way for sure. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, can you just tell us a little bit about your podcast that you have? Sure. So I have two. The other is very new. But the first one is the Learning to Love Math podcast. And it's really for upper elementary teachers, mostly third and fourth grade, because that's what I love. And it started honestly from a need I saw as a teacher. My first two years of teaching, I really struggled with math, with math myself, with teaching it. One, it just probably mental because I dreaded it so much. And then also because the kids were already in a negative move when it started. And so it kind of felt like an uphill battle, like a constant struggle. And I was like, I I just kind of committed myself to, okay, I am going to figure this out for myself, for my own sanity, and also for the kids' benefit. Because math is one of those amazing things. I see this now. You would not have heard me say this five years ago. It's one of those (laughs) amazing things that like, no matter what your culture, your language, your background is, like you can get it. And yeah, so it can be a fun thing. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start making all the fun stuff I have and then share that with other people. So I did have a lot of games, especially during the COVID distance learning. I came up with a lot of digital ways to engage kids. I either found really cool games and websites and things that other teachers at my school love that I shared. And I also made games like with the G Suite and Google stuff. So I was like, okay, like other people want this. And I was able to make it really fun and engaging and light. And so those foundational fundamental skills, excuse me, that like multiplication, fat fluency, like addition and subtraction that show up in everything else that we have. I was like, you know what, there's a way to make this like snackable bite-sized content and make it fun. And I feel like other teachers could benefit too. And yeah, they seem to be liking it, which is really fun. So I see it as a way just that I can help teachers because, you know, I feel like with reading and maybe social studies, a lot of elementary teachers love those subjects and there's a lot out there, but there isn't as much out there that's about math. That's not for people who are quote unquote mathematicians. I'm putting my error marks up there as I say that. Um, so that's what that came about. That's how that came about. And then the second one is new, 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 and that's called social media magic. And that's really to share what I've learned about social media marketing, both as a network marketer myself, I built up a you know big organization that way. And then also just by marketing my own businesses, I've worked in travel, I've had blogs for four years. So yeah, just hopefully I can help other people in that way. That is amazing. I will put the links for both of those podcasts in the show notes so that you can check it out. And just a little uh, a little opinion on the math. I, I wish I had your podcast when I was a teacher because people think elementary school math is super simple and easy to teach, and it's not. It has gotten so complicated. So I love that you have that resource out there for teachers. 
So what I'm really excited to talk about today is Facebook groups and how you can kind of intertwine your Facebook group with your podcast because I see it time and time again, a big challenge that podcasters have is actually connecting with their listeners and continuing the conversation with them after they're done listening to an episode. So you have some really great advice and tips on how you can really build a community around your podcast using Facebook groups. So we're going to cover a lot of great information today. Let's start with kind of square one when you're getting ready to launch a podcast. How can you use your Facebook group to help you launch your show? Yeah. So I will tackle this from where you are in the podcasting journey. So first I'm going to start with, if you don't have a podcast yet, a lot of people seem to think that you can only build a community once you have long form content. That's actually not true. You can build a community first. So just going back up with the travel thing, when I first started my first Facebook group, it was for travel, for teachers who love to travel. And I honestly didn't even know business-wise what I wanted to do with it. I just saw that this was something I was really passionate about. That wasn't really a thing where I live. My coworkers weren't really talking about their trips and it made me not want to talk about it because I'm like, well, no one wants to hear about travel if they don't do it themselves. So I was like, okay, I need other people to talk about this with. And so I made the Facebook group. And it grew really quickly, I think, because there just wasn't that out there. But even if there wasn't, like, I made content in the group, so to speak, or I would just share. Like, it just started with me sharing, like, hey, guys, this is really cool fellowship I found. And if you're a history teacher, 6th to 12th grade, like, you should check it out. You can go for free. And so just sharing stuff like that that was helpful, that was useful, that was fun. People started sharing theirs because they really felt like it was, like, they were a traveling teacher. They started calling themselves that, which is really cool. And so it really became a community before I ever sold anything. I'm not saying you have to do it that way. I'm just saying it's really cool if you can. If you haven't, it's kind of a cool opportunity because then you can ask your people what they want to hear. So I started noticing a lot of people were asking about, how do you teach abroad? Or do you have to have a TEFL certification if you want to go teach abroad in Thailand? And for those questions, I knew I couldn't answer them. So I said, okay, I'll start looking for people who I can bring in and interview in the Facebook group. And that was such a hit. I had a live weekly show in there that people really loved. And then some people were saying like, I love this, but I can't always find it. Like sometimes Facebook doesn't show me your stuff. And so I said, okay, totally understandable. So then I started a podcast for the teacher travel. So technically I have more than two, but that one was more just for them. I didn't actually start it as a business thing. It was just for fun, just sharing that. And it was almost like what you would find in the group. But in case people didn't want to be on social media or they missed it, they weren't missing stuff, right? And it also kind of made this awesome funnel feedback loop where people would then come into the group. So it kind of helps with the engagement there too. So that's one thing, one thing you can do if you haven't started content yet. If you have started a podcast and you're just kind of in like the baby phases, like, you know, first 30, 50 episodes, then what you could do is create the community. Now I will, I will say something here that maybe not everybody agrees with, but I don't think Instagram is best for community. I know it's where a lot of teachers are. People go to Instagram for you. They go to connect with you personally, the person who's creating the content to learn from you. And it is awesome for that. I love it for that. But as far as a community where you're not the center, really, it's the cause or the purpose or the mission, 
Facebook groups are great for that. And that is what I really recommend. Like if you're wanting to actually build a community because you can share the content in there and you can start seeing the conversations that take place. And then it becomes less of you even sharing it because they will start saying like, oh my gosh, you guys, I just listened to this episode and it was so good. And here's why. And that's going to be a really good opportunity for you to make future episodes because you'll see what they resonate with. Like the hard thing with stats for podcasts is sometimes you see downloads, but if they have it set to automatically download, you don't actually know what they like. Do you know what I mean? So actually hearing that like qualitative data is so, so useful. Those are just such great points because a lot of times somebody isn't going to necessarily, even if they love your episodes and they listen to every single episode, they might not necessarily you know, go and find you on Instagram to send you a message about it. But if they're in your Facebook group and they're in that community with you and with others and other people are talking about it in that space, it's such a great way to get that conversation going and get feedback from people that can be really useful for you and your content planning. Absolutely. And you can use them in other ways. You don't just have to have your own. You could use other people's groups too. Now, caveat to that, make sure you know the rules and that you respect the admins, the moderators of those groups. If you can, see if you can partner with them. Like Mm -hmm. what an amazing way to get in front of someone else's audience and just serve their people. When I say that, get in front of people's audiences, make sure that your intentions and your heart is in the right place and it'll always come off good. But if you want to help their people, it's a really easy way to network and form connections. And then if you were really good at presenting your content, then they'll invite you to like different summits and conferences and stuff. So you can use other people's groups too. And you can share content that's 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 interesting and valuable as long as the rules permit it. And some actually do. Some let you share blog posts and podcast episodes and stuff. So just watch the rules. And I would say even make a list. I actually do have a freebie. I just forgot about that. About awesome. different Facebook groups to join for TPT sellers and teacherpreneurs. So I'll give that to Sarah. So you can join these either like niche groups so you can see like, okay, what are your third grade teachers talking about? Or you can join the one specifically for sellers because you might find someone who's adjacent to you and you guys can collaborate on future podcast episodes. You can even do like an episode swap so you can get in front of more listeners that way too. So if you're new, you could use it to get more guests. You could use it to get on more shows, which you know Sarah's a big fan of. And and you can also use them as for market research. So Facebook groups, I usually use things like Facebook groups, Quora, Reddit, Uh, for my market research, answer the public's another good one. But Facebook groups are great because then you can expand on in real time. Like if someone says something like, hey, I noticed that you said that you are frustrated with the math, like multiplication facts. Can you share like what is frustrating about it? Like, what do you feel like, what what have you tried already? And that would, that'll make your content even richer because you'll just have so many ideas. Yeah. Did you have, want anything to add or should I just keep going to where if you're- I just, yeah, no, this is just great. I mean, like you said, I'm a huge, huge fan of getting visible through podcast guesting and things like guesting in other people's Facebook groups. That's brilliant. It's such a great way. Like you said, it's a mutual thing. You are going in there genuinely wanting to help the people in that group. And in, in return, you form these natural relationships with people in the group, with the hosts of the group. And it's just such a great way to just to benefit everybody and to grow your podcast and to get that market research that helps you with your content planning. I know you were talking about like kind of seeing the needs in real time. I work with somebody who she that's really how she plans all of her podcast episodes is she has this engaged Facebook group and she does small batches at a time. She doesn't get too far ahead for this specific reason because she wants to be able to form her episodes around the current pain points that people are struggling with at that time. And it works out so well. 
that's a good tip for social media content too. Or just if you, if you want to balance between like virality and then like whatever your content pillars are is looking and seeing what are people talking about right now? Now I do recommend with that, like make sure it's authentic to you and your brand. Like there are some issues I might never talk about in social media, just because even if I do have personal feelings, it would seem disingenuous if I was to use that for my marketing, if that makes sense. And so those things may not make it onto the podcast or the blog or whatever, because it's not related, but like any teacher pay issues. Like if you follow my Instagram, you'll see, I talk about that a lot because it's been a personal issue to me. And it's something that I think is a real problem. So you would see me talk about that. That's also a content pillar of mine. So if something happened that was maybe not exactly related, then I probably wouldn't share it. So you want to make sure that you're, you're still focused with your content too, but that makes it easy if you start with the podcast because then you can literally just take what you've done on the podcast and just make little snippets of it. Yeah, absolutely. And then going back to what you were saying about, you know, if the rules allow you to finding groups that have your ideal listener in there and if they allow you to share things like podcast episodes and blog posts, definitely take advantage of that because your comments live on and people, every time they do a search within these groups, your name is going to show up and links to your episodes are going to show up. And that is a really, really great way to really organically gain some new listeners who are the right kind of listeners for your show. Absolutely. And then you get to a point where you have other people recommending your podcast in Facebook groups. And it's just really cool to see like to be a fly on the wall and be like, what are people saying about it? And yes. sometimes, sometimes it's not always positive feedback. Like yeah. you might hear like, oh, they, she needs a better mic or something. But uh-huh. if that's the whatever it is, write that stuff down because like yeah. that is gold and not everybody will feel comfortable like messaging you directly on Instagram and sharing that. So I think Facebook groups are a great way to sneakily spy, you know, in a good way. And also to support too, like you could even say like, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to create a podcast episode about XYZ. What are the questions you have about it? And you could use that like Q&A time on your podcast. Oh, there's just so much you could do. So much you oh, could do with Facebook. I know. Seriously. my I'm like everything you're saying. I'm just like there's so many ways that you can use Facebook and not like to your point, not just within your own group. Like there's there's so many cool things that you can do with it. I'm interrupting this episode for a brief moment to answer one of the biggest questions that podcasters have. How do I continue to bring in and retain new listeners? Here's my favorite answer, podcast guesting. When you guest on the right podcasts, you're positioning yourself in front of ideal listeners and customers. This is a powerful strategy when done intentionally, and I can show you how in my mini course, Guesting for Educators. In this course, I'll teach you my three-step approach to landing and leveraging podcast guest interviews. When you join, you'll get access to the course content, templates, swipe copy, and even a list of shows who are currently accepting guests. The best part? You can work your way through the content in less than a weekend. What are you waiting for? Head to www.podcastingforeducators.com slash guesting to learn more. Back to the episode. So kind of around this idea of building a community, because that is ultimately the goal with your podcast, with your business in general. When you're podcasting, it can feel very one-sided sometimes, especially with those solo episodes. You know, you're basically sitting at your computer talking to yourself. 
So community is the ultimate goal. So what are some tips that you have on how you can create a community around your podcast? Yeah. So one thing you can do, and this may not be for everybody, but if you're really feeling brave, you can share it on your personal profile and say, hey, I just started a podcast about XYZ. I was like, it's really for X person. So obviously like your mom and sister may not love it, right? If they're not teachers or whatever your target audience is, but you can say it's for this person. I would so appreciate it if you would share this with somebody and they could send the post to someone. And that's a really easy kind of low ask for your friend or family members to support you without having to buy anything and to make sure it gets in front of the right person, right? And also just kind of build some buzz around it. So if you are brand, brand new, that's what you could do. You could also personally invite people. And again, that's a little more direct, but I have, I've messaged people and said like with the traveling teachers group, I feel like it was, it was very easy for me to do, especially because I wasn't selling anything. So I didn't have that mindset block yet of that, but I would say, Hey, I'm looking to build this group for teachers who love to travel. I always have a hard time talking about it uh, at school at like, if you can relate, come join us. And I got a lot of people joining that way. And then they would start enjoying, like you get this critical mass point where they start in- inviting people to that as well. Um, so those are ways you could do if you have obviously some other type of audience. So if you're already on Instagram or TikTok, you can start directing people there. And I will also say, this is usually not a one and done thing. Like I, I know I'm making it sound like one post, but you could even make it part of your social media content plan where like once every couple of weeks or once every month, you're in just reminding people that you have a podcast because you've got to remember things are so fluid and quick now. Like people will follow you on Instagram and they may not go and search through all your old posts, right? So make sure that you're saying it over and over again, that you're saying it on your stories and you could talk about the content that's on the episode. So like something else I did with my, my traveling teachers group was we had this kind of like a book club, which is cute. And it was only only for members of the group, right? And I would say like, I would, I would make sure that that matched whatever the podcast was about. So we had this one guy who helped uh, hike to the Camino de Santiago in Spain. And so we were doing reading a book about that, about hiking the, uh, the Camino. And we said, hey, make sure you listen to this podcast episode because you'll hear his experiences. And by then they're like, yeah, that sounds so cool, right? So yes. if, you, if you can, it takes a little bit of advanced planning, but kind of think about it. If you already have a community, there's ways that you can repurpose the podcast into the, the community that you have. If you are just starting with the podcast, then you can really start to form your community by inviting people. And I do want to say that at first it does feel slow. Time is that magic ingredient. You might only have five people in your community. If so, I want you to show up like you have 50,000 in that group. Like, yes, guys, like so pumped that you're all here. Not that you have to talk like me, but you know, like show (laughs) that, show that genuine, show that genuine excitement because they are choosing to spend their time and energy with you. They don't have to be in that group. So keep that in mind that it's a privilege to have people's attention and just show them that you're thankful and that will come through in everything that you create and do. And then they'll start inviting people to your community as well. Absolutely. You know, when you just said that, I think about how I know some podcasters, they might have this really, really large audience on social media. And then when you start a podcast, in your mind, you might feel like your podcast audience and downloads are going to match what your Instagram following is or what your email list is. And that's just not the case. But it's a good thing because the people who are coming to your podcast are like 
that is very intentional of them to do so because that's going to take more time than them just liking a post on your Instagram. And so even if it doesn't feel like a lot of people to you, same thing with your Facebook group, even if you're starting really small because we all have to start somewhere, those people are important and they're invested and that is something very, very special and something that shouldn't be taken advantage of. So I completely agree with you there. And you know, in the beginning, if you're feeling like you have a small number of people with your podcast, it's not because your content isn't good or that you're not doing a good job. It's just that enough people don't know about it most of the time. And so some of those tips that you just gave are are great ways to really just continue getting the word out about it. Make sure that your profiles are optimized. Your, make sure your podcast is on your Instagram page and it's on your Facebook page. It's linked so that if somebody sees you comment in a Facebook group, they are then taken to your page that has your podcast and a link to your Facebook group if you have a Facebook group. So definitely continuing to talk about it as much as possible. Even when you feel like you're talking about it over and over and over, there's so many people out there who don't know that you even have a podcast. I work with somebody who she just sent out an email to her list and she's had her podcast for about a year and a half. And it's doing really well, but she sent out an email with a survey to her email list and like half of her email list said that they didn't even know that she had a podcast, even though she like sends out a weekly newsletter and everything. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) That is, but that totally makes sense because we're so distracted. Like, you know, we have a million places we have to check notifications and we always forget, there's a little bit of ego, like we forget totally. that like what's important to us, <laughs> like someone else is just scrolling like, okay, that's cool. And it's gone in a second, you know, yeah. for us, we're like, we, we're spending hours like making sure everything looks pretty and stuff. Right. Yeah. It's, it's totally different for the person who's listening. That's why I'm saying when you get those people who are like, yeah, I'll join your group or whatever. You're like, exactly. Yes. Let, let them know, like, let them know that you're so thankful. And also you can like, promote them like in Facebook groups, like you can have them become moderators or admins. I know that sounds like, oh, that's work. But if they really like what you're doing and they just want to be a part of it, that can actually be like a a privileged thing for them. Or you could let them promote something. Like I have like in the traveling group, I had some um, people who are like my early ride or dies and a couple of them were travel agents. And they're like, do you mind if I pitch in your group? And I was like, first off, thank you for asking me. I so appreciate that. And secondly, yes, yes, go for it. You know? And so just that because they built a relationship with me. So yeah, don't forget that. Yes, absolutely. All about relationships. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about something that I know people are always interested in hearing more about, and that is monetizing your podcast. How can you use your Facebook group to help with monetization for your show? Yeah. So I guess it depends on the purpose of your podcast, right? Like a lot of people, especially TPT sellers and teacherpreneurs use podcasts for content marketing. So that's like their long form content strategy, right? Like you are using that for brand awareness and to get the word out about you and who you are and to show that you're an expert. And if that's the case, you may or may not want to monetize the podcast itself, but you might want to pitch a product that you have. Maybe you just created a bundle and it's a higher price bundle. And you know that people who are listening to your podcast may or may not be following you on Teachers by Teachers, right? So you could say, hey, I have this bundle coming out. If you struggle with XYZ, it's going to be perfect because ABC. 
And you know what? And even if you can't buy the bundle today, go ahead and click the link in the episode description so you can follow my Teachers Pay Teachers store. And then in the future, when you find something, you see something that you like, right? So that's a really cool way for them to support you and then maybe buy it if they want to. If you're a service provider, you can talk about like, hey, if you find this really helpful and you know what? You don't want to learn what I'm talking about. You just want me to do it for you. I would love to help you. There's going to be a booking link in my episode description. Feel free to do that. So you know those are like for the podcast. But you can do the same thing in your Facebook group. You can share like the week up to before the episode. You can be talking about one post could be like, hey, why multiplication fluency is so important, right? And then you could have another post saying, what are some different sites to help your students practice their fluency? So you're kind of leading up to this episode that's about to drop and then say, hey, if you loved, and then another post after, hey, if you loved that episode, here is the bundle I was talking about. And I would just be so grateful if you would let me know what you think in the comments. And then you can push that post up with the engagement. And then you also get those real-time reviews, which is really cool because not everybody leaves a review on TPT. Yeah. And you could even offer like a bonus to people in your group. Like if you buy this and let me know, I'll send you another little bonus freebie or something. And then you can keep the conversation going from there. So those are some ways you could even use a Facebook group as a beta tester group. So if you have like, like you could even have them again, this is kind of your like ride or die early adopters. You could say, Hey, I'm looking for five to 10 people who every week, month or whatever your content or your uh, product creation schedule is, I'm going to send you something like you could do a little email segmentation or in the group and just let me know, what do you think of this? And as a result, like I'm going to give you a free copy at the end of the final thing. And then if you could also share what you think in the Facebook group, the main group, I would be so appreciative. So those are some ways to to use groups to monetize Um, service providing, same thing. You could do some campaigns. You could share courses, same thing. Like I think uh, I want to give you someone to follow. Alexandra Baxter from the Terrific Teacherpreneur is masterful at this. She's done such a good job the year and a half growing her group. And you could just go watch what she does. Honestly, watch what people do, not just like what they say, but what they're actually doing. And that's a really good way to get people's strategy down too. Oh, and then of course, if a membership, you could do like a subscription and have a Facebook group either specifically for the people who have the subscription or the membership. I have those a little different because depending on how you set it up, the membership might just include like, you know, a way to support the podcast. Usually I see that as a subscription. Like, hey, I'd appreciate it if you would, you know, join this and support me and help me make more episodes. Or you could have it like a membership where they actually get access to a private community or content library or something. So those are some ways that you can do it. And Facebook groups are a great tool for that because you can use them to launch your promotions. You can use them to actually host your community. And actually you can kind of, if you want to get real scrappy, you could even use Facebook groups as courses because they have that guides feature. So you could even, if you're like, I can't deal with Teachable or Thinkific or Kajabi or whatever. You could use the Facebook group. I've done that before. It's very, very scrappy. But if your content is good, and especially for people who maybe don't want to learn another platform, that could be really appealing to them. Yeah, that's brilliant. So if you did something like that, how would you – like if they had to pay like a monthly fee for something like that, what would you – like what platform would you use to get payments? 
you could go, it depends on where you host your podcast. Um, I've used Anchor before and Anchor actually has it built in to where you can actually set up a subscription. So that's really nice. Yeah. You can also use something like buy me a coffee. Yeah. Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. That one. I've used that one before too. So yeah, there's, there's so much, or you could even again, scrappy, scrappy, you could do a PayPal subscription. Like you could literally go into PayPal and set up a subscription that way and then just share the link. And you know, and I think most people are so comfortable now with buying stuff online that there won't be that much resistance. And as long as they've built a relationship with you and they know you, and as long, this is just my extra bonus thing, always share a way that they can cancel. Like mm. I would put that right out there in the front. That way that doesn't cause any like awkwardness with them and you, preserve relationship, they have to cancel. And honestly, that's kind of how I do with Facebook groups anyway. I'm super, super transparent. I share, probably overshare in mine. Um, <laughs> but the people who are in there like that. So so yeah, so there's so many ways you can monetize. And you could even use your Facebook groups to do like campaigns. You could even schedule the posts in advance. So if you're a super busy teacher, you could schedule posts up to 30 days in advance with Facebook groups. So yeah, there's all kinds of things you could do there. Yeah, so many good ideas. That's awesome. That gave me a lot of ideas that I hadn't thought of before. I really love, like, I've talked about Patreon on here before, but if you set up a Patreon account, it's super simple to set up. And you've got, you know, a $5 a month or $10 a month membership. And then when people join, they now have access to this content in this private Facebook group. Very smart. I like it. Now, we touched on this a little bit at the beginning, but I'd like to go into it a tiny bit more because I think this is one of like the biggest benefits of a Facebook community in terms of using it for your podcast. And that is that it is like this endless source of episode ideas. So is there anything that you would recommend that that people keep in mind if their goal is to get episode ideas out of their group? Yeah. So just tactically, I'll tell you what's working on Facebook right now with the little asterisk that Facebook is literally changing all the time, like adding and removing features. So by the time this episode comes out, there might not be a feature available, (laughs) but but what's working right now is the colored background post. That's been working for a while. So I have a feeling Facebook's going to switch it up soon, but that's what's working. I've noticed those posts just get so much more reach for me and my clients than this irregular text post. Uh, It's kind of hard to explain without a visual, but if you can imagine those posts you see where there's like some kind of of like avatar in it or some kind of colored background with the white text. Those work really much better. They do have fewer characters in those. So that's something to keep in mind, but I always get better reach with that. And I would say keep the question open-ended, but specific enough to where it's easy to answer. You know, if you ask for them to like, when you see something like, if you could wave a magic wand, I like that question, but it's really hard to answer because then they're like, uh, they're like, yeah. I'm just scrolling Facebook to relax. Ah, I'll, I'll look at this later. You know, so yes. you kind of have to think of like where the person's mental state is at. Like, okay, I'll give you an ex- I'll give you a travel example, then I'll give you a math example. So my okay. travel example is, all right, guys, what do you think of cruises? And mm-hmm. it could be super simple. One person's like, oh my gosh, love them. Just want to create cruise. Like, nah, not environmentally sustainable. And so when I was going through that, I was like, ooh, environmental sustainability is coming up a lot. Okay, we're going to talk about ways to travel more sustainably. In my math group, this might look like, okay, favorite math games, go. Super simple, right? Favorite math games, go. And it was interesting seeing everybody rec- start recommending the same ones. And then he- seeing other people respond to that and saying like, oh, I haven't heard of that one. Cool, thanks. So that's added value for them because they're yeah. in the group and they found another game. But it also shows me, okay, they all like this. And then in the f- in like the future, I can ask, 
you know, it, you may not get as much detailed responses, but I can say, why do you like X game so much? Or like, what do you love about blood? You know, um, so then I can get a little more detail. So try again to plan ahead if you can, just for your own sanity, because it's hard to think sequentially like that when you're like posting ones and then you come back every two weeks. If you can batch them at one time, it's going to make it a lot easier for you. And if you have your podcast episodes planned out somewhat in advance, then when you come back three weeks later and drop the episodes and like, hey, I know we talked about some games. I just found 10 more and they're all in this podcast episode. So go give a listen and tell me what you think. And then they're going to also share in the comments some other stuff that you can use for a future one. So it's it's really just like there's symbiosis going on there. And if you really, really want to get more information from your people... You could put a Google form in the Facebook group and get some more detailed information. You could do, I actually just did this with my math friend. You could do uh, like interviews, like little just coffee chats, like 15 minute chats of like where you have some more questions or you expand on a certain post. Maybe that went really viral and got a lot of engagement. So, so much you can do with the groups. Yeah. So many good ideas. It's so cool to think that you can like post a question, just one question in a group like this get all these answers, turn those into podcast episodes, and then those podcast episodes get turned into social media posts and emails. And it's just, it's so cool. And that's why it is so important to be intentional about the things that you're putting out there and, and trying to plan at least a little bit in advance so that you can get the most bang for your buck by doing it that way. Absolutely. And just for like your sanity, because like it's, yeah. you know, it's so you start having that downward spiral, like I haven't posted in three weeks. Oh no, episodes are behind, you know, which everyone else is just living their best life and on vacation and you're, but you're stressed about it. Yes. So yeah, I know I do better when I batch everything out. Yeah, definitely. And then I was also just thinking, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I feel like when you have a community in your Facebook group, and so maybe if you're supporting teachers and you've got this community of math teachers or science teachers or whatever it is, that is also a whole pool of people who would be great to bring onto your podcast and give them a voice on your platform and share their stories and their experiences. And that those episodes can be so, so powerful. Yes. I was going to say, I, I forgot about that. I should have written that down. Yeah. Not just people who are experts, but people who have used yes. your resources, people who have used your services. And what an amazing testimonial for you, for them to say like, oh my God, I just love She helped me out so much. And also just to hear from them and their words, because that's, I mean, that's golden for your sales pages and stuff too, or, or your product oh, yeah. descriptions, TPD sellers, because you have a sales page as well, your product description. So when you hear people say those things, you can use that in the snippet of your resource too. So yeah, I am a huge fan of that feedback loop. I think it does so much for us. And I think that when we spend more time listening, our content is just so much better. Definitely. And it's just so validating for you too, to be able to hear that things are working for people, hear what is working, what might not be working. Because a lot of times, most of the time, I would probably venture to say, people are not going to just reach out to you and say, I love this. A lot of people do, which is amazing, but a lot of people don't. And so you have to ask those questions to get those answers. So yeah, I think that's a, a really great way to use your groups. All right. Well, is there anything else that you can think of that, that you really wanted to touch on today that we haven't covered yet? No, I think that's it. And then, I mean, I have my Instagram and Facebook group if you yeah, want to come Yeah, tell us where we can more. find you. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram over at Brittany Verlenich. I know my name is long, so I will just put that link in there for you. Um, and then I also have a Facebook group and I'm actually going to be relaunching it pretty soon here. I'm going to do some branding thingies around there. So I'd love to have you in there. Um, and then, yeah. And then besides that, the social media magic podcast, very, very baby stages for that one, but I'm going to be sharing those ans- those frequently answered questions like, which is the best social media platform to start on? How do I get started on TikTok? All that stuff. And it won't just be me. I'll be bringing other people on because I am learning with you guys too. Like I'm still yes. learning a TikTok, for example. So I am excited for me to get that free coaching session and yeah. then you guys to be able to benefit <laughs> from it. <laughs> I feel like with social media, that's the only – you. Ha- everybody has to always constantly be learning with each other because at the rate that it's that it changes, everybody's oh, yeah. learning at the same time. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah, we will link all of that. And then we'll also link that freebie that you mentioned, which sounds amazing because I know when you're trying to find the right Facebook groups to join, it can be very overwhelming and it can get uh, just, it can clog up your Facebook very quickly. So finding those those right groups is uh, super important. So thank you for that. And then to wrap things up, I have two questions that I am going to be asking my guests from now on, and you get to be the first one to answer them. So I'm ready. Question number one is, if you could interview your favorite childhood star, who would it be? Right now, Britney Spears, because I'm so fascinated by her story. I just really need to know what, like, tell me what's real, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, that would be such a good one. I know. I don't know about you, but I... Most of my child, I was born in the late 80s, but you know, most of my childhood was in the 90s and just so many options to choose from. But Britney Spears is for sure <laughs> at the top. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And then second question is, do you have any favorite podcasts right now that you would like to recommend to us? Yeah, I, I actually brought up my Citrix. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many. Yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rapid fire these. Um, so these are my entrepreneur ones, like regular entrepreneur ones are gold digger, smart passive income, the influencer podcast, online marketing made easy. I feel like y'all probably know Amy already. And then inbox besties, if you're email marketing, they send you monthly, she sends you monthly, I shouldn't say send you. She mentions prompts that you should send your email list, which is really, really cool. I think it's great. I actually have an idea for my podcast and I'm honestly kind of taking her model. And then TPT Seller Podcast. You guys have probably heard of these, but I'm also going to rapid fire them. School of Sellers, Terrific Teacherpreneur, Grow With Us, Routine Your Dream, Rebranded Teacher, and obviously Podcasting for Educators on there. (laughs) But you guys already know that one. (laughs) (laughs) So many good ones. And actually, I heard you recommend Inbox Besties last time that we chatted, and I love it. Love it. Love it. So definitely check it out. Yeah. I had been looking for an email marketing podcast and she's, she's hilarious. Like it's so funny to listen to. So definitely recommend that one as well. Well, thank you so much. This has been so fun. I learned a lot. I know that listeners have learned a lot. So I just really appreciate you being here. Yeah. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, the Podcasting for Educators Prep School at podcastingforeducators.com slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.